Up next, an introduction to portable generators. Welcome to the Handy Guys Podcast, a podcast for handy guys from handy guys. Here are the handy guys themselves, Brian and Paul. So, Brian, it's, we are getting to the time of year where we're seeing more and more outside of hurricane season, I suppose, right. more, more and more power outages with ice, snow, wind. Right. Today As, was a really windy day. So, and, Unless you're in Arizona, I suppose. <laughs> right. Well, there they have uh, power outages as well. So. so, and all around, we're seeing more and more power outages and issues with power. So, it seems like a lot of people in my neighborhood have portable generators, Sure, as opposed to a, a standby generator that's permanently installed in your house that automatically comes on and covers all the electricity for everything you might have in your house. We're not going to get into those on this show. But I want to talk about what are the issues involved in selecting a generator? What are some items you need to think about? We'll call this our, our generator checklist, just like we used to have generator. checklists for, for you know selecting materials for your basement and that sort of thing. I want, okay. to, I want to go through a checklist of, you know, not every last detail, and we're not going to talk about any specific brand or anything, but I want to go through the issues that you need to resolve or figure out when selecting a generator, period. I can't sure. just walk into the store, for instance. I guess I could. I can walk in and pick one up. But if I well, do Well, that's that, what I almost you know. did. I mean, I was at True Value, and they had uh, a selection of generators there. They had, uh, you know, a little teeny portable, uh, you know, it was maybe 12 inches square generator with one plug on it and a little teeny gas engine. And then they had uh, this huge generator. It's diesel-powered and... Uh, it maybe was enough to do your entire house, but it was portable. All right, so we'll talk about that. But first, let's provide our contact information. All right, just go to our website, www.handyguyspodcast.com. And if you have a question for the Handy Guys, just fill out the contact form on the Contact Us page, and you're good to go. And don't forget, if you're listening to us on the web, you could also subscribe to our iTunes feed so you can get it on your uh, Apple device or the regular RSS feed, so you can get it on any of other portable device. Got a project on your honeydew list? Let the handy guys know about it, and they may talk about it on their next podcast. Okay, Brian. So let's first talk about a lot of people are putting in permanent generators for their homes. Yes. And while we're not going to go into that extensively, let's briefly talk about why you might put in a permanent generator. And if you do so, what are some of the uh, issues that you're going to have to deal with? Right. Well, so a, port or a, a permanently installed standby generator is designed to, to detect when there's a power outage and automatically turn itself on and disconnect you from the electric grid while it's running. So it's all automatic. It's all automatic. Is there any downtime at all? Uh, it's just a little blip. It's just your... a little blip, right? Okay. <laughs> they're so you, they're really neat. So you and should... they're handy if you're going to be away, right? And they're good for you know getting your furnace back on and that sort of thing. But you probably should still have your computer on a UPS uh, to handle that possible power surge in the cutover process. Right. I don't know if it'd be a surge as much as a yeah. you know off and on kind of a thing. Right. But but yeah, so you might want to have batteries on some of that stuff. 
but it's great for like you said uh, when you're you're away and, and and it's safe because you have a generator that's usually installed many feet from the house, um, so it's in your backyard away from the house. It's safe. It's running. Uh, apart from your house, also the noise that it makes is not as uh, right. They're it doesn't interfere quiet. as much with your viewing of your football or whatever <laughs> you're doing. Right. <laughs> and, they tend to be quieter, and, but yeah, they're because they're bigger and they're oil. Uh, you know, they well actually most of them are oil based, but they they tend to be bigger and run. Less, you know, maybe at a higher rate. Right, and, and they they also down. will turn on like once a month and go through a self rate. test. Right uh, procedure to make sure they're going to run, and often those will be hooked up to natural gas or propane, right. so you don't need to go get cans of gas and fill the thing or up. Or they could be diesel, I suppose. Or they could be diesel, but then you're you're bringing home sure. gas cans and making sure it's filled up, and you have a problem with gas going stale. So if you've got right. propane or, or natural gas. That's the way to go for a permanently installed one. And so you still run the monthly or whatever the tests it's, are that it yeah, requires. Yeah, that's all built in. It's There's still automatic. some service maintenance. You have to have it probably under a maintenance contract. You would, I would maybe think. want to consider that. Sure. So you have to think through those main, the, all the maintenance involved and all that. So, but now, the nice thing is you don't think about right. it. Right. It's just there. Well, if assuming it's maintained. Right. But right. yeah. But the gas ones are the way to go. You never have to think about the fuel. The diesel ones not really used for home residential. Typically, more for commercial sure. server rooms, that kind of thing. Right. right. Um, but uh, yeah, propane or gas are more common in, in the home for home residential. But let's talk about portable generators. Sure. So you had mentioned that when you went into your True Value, you could have just picked one up. Right. And, they had like all different right. brands, lots of different sizes, big and small. And if you had done that. And there was a power outage, or maybe there already was one when you saw it at the store. You could have been up and running to a degree. Let's talk about what you can do by just picking one up without thinking or doing anything else to your electrical system, not making sure. any changes to household. What can you do with the generator just out of the box? Right. Uh, you gas it up, you start it up, and you can run an extension cord to your refrigerator. You're going to have the generator, of course, outside. Not in a closed garage, right. not in the basement. It's going to be outside because it, you know, it's going to create carbon monoxide. And you and also want to fill it outside when it runs out of fuel and let right. it cool off first. Yeah, all this follow all the safety procedures that they're documented in the manual with the thing. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, you run an extension cord in, you plug your refrigerator in, and you're not going to you know lose that quart and of ice cream or have your milk go bad or whatever. Some lights, perhaps. And then, yeah, maybe tap off around another cord for a couple of lights and fans if it's in the summer and it's hot. Okay, maybe a maybe a fan, yeah. TV, sure. maybe a TV, computer, maybe a computer, <laughs> iPad, your, recharging, charging your iPad, uh, charging station, and bring on your internet, get your Wi-Fi going, hair dryer, um, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, uh, let's see, toaster I, oven. <laughs> Maybe, Come on, Brian. Maybe. Get up, what about lift, your air conditioning? Okay, so that's heating that, that's where we're what about a What about an electric range? That's, what about a microwave? That's Well, forget the microwave. Um, no, but forget your electric range, yeah. right, for some of these. Right. So that now we're getting into it. It's a little more tricky. Okay, those uh, – let's say I have a gas grill. I can get by cooking on the gas grill. But what about if it's cold and I want to hook my furnace up to this thing? Uh-huh. My fan furnace basically has a blow. It's gas. It's a gas furnace, so it doesn't use a lot of power, but it's all hardwired, right? It's all hardwired, and it runs. Yeah, your blower, blower is going to be on. The fan blower is going to be electric. Yeah, and uh, some heat pump. Heat pump is electric, and they would be a and, higher voltage, right? 
Absolutely. Higher voltage and wattage and all of that. So you would then... Even if you have like a hot water system, you have circulators that need power. Possibly, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's all kinds of things like that. And they're all hard wire. Even though some of those items, they're not necessarily high voltage... Or high wattage. Or high wattage, but they are hard wired. So there's nothing that you couldn't, without really doing some jury rigging, you could not plug them in to this generator. You are correct, Paul. So there's some limitations. So when you pull, brought that uh, generator home from True Value, why it may have been a good product, runs great. Right out of the box, you're you're ready to go for some basics if it's warm enough. You refrigerator, you don't you keep your food from spoiling and that sort of thing. Sure, but you haven't solved the problem of maybe the winter time, and you want your furnace or some sort of heat to run. Sure. Now you could uh, you could certainly run a space heater off of. An yeah. electric space heater off of right. a portable generator. As long as it was rated not too high, it would be a, for a, a smaller space heater, perhaps. Sure. So all of these are rated in wattage yes. and amperage. Uh-huh. And watt- amperage is a formula of, of wattage. We're not going to get into all of that today. Wattage and volts, right. So, but the, um, so your hair dryer, for example, that's yeah. f- 1,500 watts. Yeah. It's the same as a, a toaster is going to be right. 1,500 watts. Your space heater Those is going to be- Those are the big items. Right, 1,500 watts. Right. They're the big things with plugs on them. Now, you're going to have bigger things. An electric range right. is going to be uh, you know, off the ballpark, right. you know, off the map as mm-hmm. far as electricity consumption. They're usually on 220 right. volts and, and things like that. So- but your things that plug in, the big draws are going to be the things I mentioned, and there's there's others. So if they often you, have it, the heater elements as part of them, right? So if you had a three thousand watt generator, which is going to be a, a small one, mm-hmm. then you can plug two of those high wattage things in at one time. And that's that's yeah, but you're maxing the thing out. So and you're you're, maxing you're, you're the in thing danger out. of tripping the breaker on the generator. Right. You're uh, also going to be also, using burning fuel really fast. Right. And so. also things with motors on them have different. Right amperages or different wattages on startup versus running Uh uh-huh so uh like my nail air compressor for my nail gun that thing draws uh, a full 15 amps when it starts up now then when it's running it's drawing about seven amps Mm -hmm. so you need to keep that in mind and refrigerators are the same way they're going to draw... Right. When the compressor comes on, they're drawing a lot more. Right. And the rest of the time, they're not drawing as much. But the key to remember, though, is you don't want to be near that maximum out on the generator. You You're, need a buffer zone, just like any electrical circuit. You yes. don't want to go above 75% or so of the, the you know, rated right. value. Top rate. So if, you're, um, if your refrigerator is going to draw 2,000 watts when it starts up, and you got a 3,000-watt yeah. generator, you're only going to be driving your... Your refrigerator yeah. and a lamp. Right. That's it. Yeah. You're not going to be bringing the whole house online with that. Okay. So let's let's talk about. So you just have basic items you can plug in and get by. Now let's say you want to go a little more sophisticated. You want to have some of the comforts of say a more permanent generator, but um, and also be able to power up those items that are hardwired into mm-hmm. the house. Sure. So you're going to put in say uh, maybe a five thousand or eight thousand. A watt generator. 20,000 watt. Yeah, right. who knows? And you want to hook it in 
uh, hook it into your electrical grid, your home electrical system, and right. a, using a method that's a little bit more um, not reliable, but I guess integra- more, integrated, little, to integrated, your and a little more permanent. Yeah. So what are what are your options there? Okay. Well, the biggest concern there is the potential of sending that electricity back down the the electric wire back onto the pole and back into the grid where maybe during the power outage you have a construction worker electrician working on the power lines and they expect them to be off when they're working and now you're sending electricity down to that let's guy. take a step it's back and, let's take a step back and explain how that happens the reason that happens is to integrate this temporary uh, generator to your system, you actually need to backfeed it into your electrical panel. You do that by running a uh, a ten gauge or some sort of heavy heavy cable to an outlet that you plug. You directly plug the generator into and feed it its full force of current, and you run it into your electric one of your main panels or perhaps a sub panel. But you run it actually backwards. So instead of, in other words, getting the the electricity from that outlet, it's feeding it into the panel. And the way you typically do that is the main breaker has to be turned off so that that feed doesn't then run out of your house. Right. So we're not advocating and, plugging it no. into a wall outlet <laughs> right. with a you know a double-headed extension right. cord or something. Right. And then um, now we're giving people ideas yeah, on yeah, how to yeah. do this. But um, we're not ab- advocating that at all because of the dangers of that backfeeding right. of the electricity w- into the grid. Without the proper transfer switch. Right. You so, can do that if it's properly wired and actually some households will have an outlet in the garage or on the exterior of their house just for this. Exactly. But it so, has to be properly wired and certified. Right. So by these your, are you called know, a local tr- Right. These are called transfer switches. Right. So basically it's a it's a way to say you're on the normal electric grid or you're on the generator. Grid. Yeah, so if you and have a transfer you, switch in place, as soon as power is running into that outlet, if it's an automatic transfer switch, uh, it will turn off your main breaker, right? Correct. So the current can't run out into the grid and potentially harm uh, someone who's servicing it. Correct. So there's there's different kinds, there's different prices. Often they're associated with a, a sub-panel that would say, okay, when I'm on the generator, only my circuit for my refrigerator, my stove, and my... Uh, heater are on there and and maybe one light circuit. Mm -hmm. So the electrician who installs the transfer switch will make all of those connections for you so that um, you're not overloading the generator that you have. The wiring is correct and they'll have a a cable that'll plug into your generator and you're good to go. So in other words, the, when you backfeed the power into your system, you're essentially only the transfer, just feed the power, feed the power, the transfer switch will, uh, send it only to that panel where you have those specific items like your furnace, your refrigerator, a few household outlets or whatever uh, circuits and, uh, disconnect your main feed and disconnect everything else. Okay. And the reason they'll do that is because you don't want to have all of the extra stuff on in your house that you don't necessarily need during a power outage uh, and potentially overload that generator that you have. So they're going to isolate just what the generator can handle. Okay. So if the generator costs, say, $1,000, you're still looking for... Uh, for a professional install with a proper transfer switch for uh, another possibly $2,000 worth of materials and installation costs. Yeah, maybe not quite 2000 but, but it's it's not going to be, you know, a $50 install job. 
Okay. So the transfer switch itself could be uh, several hundred dollars in subpanels, wiring, and the time of the electrician. So yeah, it's not going to be an electrician might put an outlet or something to feed this in my garage or somewhere near the exterior. I can now run my powerful generator, and if I did this, I'd probably get a more powerful one. Sure. Uh, and feed it to it, and then um, then I don't have to worry about running wire. I have one wire, right. one heavy wire that runs to the uh, generator. Right. I don't have to and worry. There'll be a special plug, so you're right. not accidentally plugging in so, your weed whacker or whatever right. into it. And so if I'm feeding, for instance, uh, maybe two two household circuits, a refrigerator, and uh, a Your furnace, furnace right. I know maybe I could uh, get outlets that are of a different color, so I know which ones are on the generator, but I could then plug in my fans or plug in my lights to those sure. particular circuits, maybe one downstairs circuit and one upstairs. Right. Like I, I always thought, well, you know, air conditioning is a luxury. When we grew yeah. up, we didn't have air conditioning, yeah, air right? Conditioning. But there, there are some people that need it for health reasons, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So that's a consideration. Uh, also, have that medical problem. devices. You have people that have oxygen pumps or other things. CPAC machine. What is that thing uh, that they call it? I don't know. That that causes people to breathe at night or something. Oh like. yeah, right. I know what you're talking about. But <laughs> then you also have the, uh, uh, you know, your goldfish or whatever your fish aquarium. You need to keep that right cleaned and right aerated. The, the aeration thing, <laughs> right. Your electric automatic pet feeders. That's right. You have <laughs> podcasters. You know, if we have to do a podcast, we, right. can't, we can't. We got to roll no matter what. That's right. I um, wonder if we could run this thing off the grid, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, solar. We're gonna, we'll run off of solar. We'll change our <laughs> podcast. But anyway, uh, so that's the more permanent solution. And it's not as simple as just walking. Unfortunately, you have to think through those, those items. And then you got to think through what kind of transfer your switch you're going to use. I, though, would have a possibly a slight disagreement with you. Okay. I think you can put in a manual transfer switch, and you'd have to check this with your local inspector to make sure it's allowed. Oh, Brian, it's not a manual transfer switch that I mean. It's actually called an interlock kit or generator interlock switch. Generator interlock kit is what ah, you're talking about. And yeah. it's the thing that keeps you from turning on your main breaker while the so that's just generator breaker is on. a physical bracket that if you install it correctly, prevents you from having both right. your main breaker and the generator right. backfed. And a manual on. transfer switch has the uh, the breakers or the circuits in it okay. and, and everything, and you would need to physically you know, throw that switch. An automatic transfer switch will detect the power outage and automatically... Right. So there's not a, the only route. difference, to, the, both the manual uh, transfer switch and the automatic both have a separate subpanel and are wired similarly. They just, right. one does it automatically and one requires right. manual. And Where an interlock kit or interlock bracket right. is this other cheaper thing. This is what I was thinking of. Right, right, right. That uh, allows you to, and, and you know, you'd have to, again, check with your local municipality to see if it's an approved solution, but it's sure. certainly a lot cheaper. Right. Well, the problem there is you need to know which other breakers right. to turn off so that you're not overloading the capacity right. of your so generator. Right, so if you do that, you're all, suddenly every breaker in the house is turned on, you're feeding everything, and you may be overloading the generator. So you have to go through a manual procedure of turning off perhaps all the breakers and then just turning on the ones you need, Right. and hopefully they're labeled correctly, you've done your research beforehand. So that can be a little tricky and not as uh, user-friendly, per se, you know, if you're right. not... Right, right. I would prefer to have everything in, in one box, the transfer switch with the breakers that are required that I want to have on. I know that the the rating of those is not going to exceed the rating on my generator. We need to get we need to discuss this with our friend, the electrician. Yes. We need to get Wayne on on the on the line. We're not going to do that today, but 
But True Value does sell several of these uh, different models and makes of, of these generators. And we're, we're doing some research now to try to determine how you, how you go about selecting a generator. And uh, we may have some follow-up information sure. on that on the I future. Mean, the, the basic selection criteria is how many watts or how many amps are you going to need to power? That's number one. Right? And then uh, you uh, need to make sure the generator um, meets that. Right. You're going to add a buffer in there for the neighbor who's going to want to run the electric, <laughs> you know, the extension cord across the street. True story. We ran uh, we ran our refrigerator off of our neighbors for two or three days when we had a major power outage a few years ago. Um, and um, he, they were gracious enough to let us plug in that. And we had a fan going at night because it was really hot in the summer. But since that time, we now have three refrigerators or one, <laughs> one freezer and an old fridge. I guess we... I don't know if we had the old refrigerator then or not. I can't remember. Maybe we just weren't using it. And then we have our current one. So I would be, uh, I'd feel a little bit uh, bad if I had, right. like, we really need uh, a lot more power this time. If, sure. If, so. And you need to know that uh, you need to prepare for fuel supply for those portable generators. So how much gas are you going to have on hand? And how much gas right. are you going to have in the machine? That was one of the big and things how, is, can you get fuel? And that's you right. have a lot of people. If you have you a know, prolonged power outage, yeah. the gas pumps don't work. Right. Right. So where are you going to go to get fuel? That is a big pain. Right. So you've got to keep it on hand. You've got to keep it stabilized. Yeah. So maybe rotate that fuel into your vehicles every month or so, and then refill those uh, gas cans up to keep it fresh. All right. So number one is wattage. Number two, I would say, or maybe it's not the second most important, but one of the items is to consider the noise that it makes. The, so certain models sure. make a lot of noise than others, and the whole decibel rating system and how they rate themselves is a is a sort of a difficult <laughs> uh, jungle to get through because they're not always using the same measurement m- methodology for how they measure decibels and that sort of thing. So sure. you're best off, um, you know, getting opportunities to see other people's models and listening to them. Um, there's some websites. And, and we'll, if you can get a return policy, well. you know, yeah. like, can I return this if it's too loud or you don't like yeah. it or something like that, right? And try yeah. it out. Make sure you're familiar with the operations before you use it, before you need it. Absolutely. And you need to maintain it like any of your other engines, gasoline. That's right. Lawnmowers, that right. sort of thing. Start it up once a year, twice a year, even if you don't need it. Yeah, um, oil changes and filters. And, right, all that kind of stuff. Also, your runtime is important. Right. So, does it have a little, you know, half gallon gas tank, or does it have a, a four gallon gas tank? Okay. So, so far we got wattage, noise, and maintenance—the three big issues. Right. And runtime. Runtime. Okay. Runtime. Four. Right. So there you go. Those are <laughs> four all four items on things. your checklist for right. selecting a generator. Right. And runtime, though, is, is so that's based on the the size of the right. tank. Right. Like, how often are you going to yeah. need to put fuel in it? Yeah, some have bigger tanks than others. That's just, right. Just the way they are. And, and you know, you could add a fifth category, which would be something like weight. You know, how are you going to move it? I was does thinking it have that wheels? exact thing. Does it, does it, do you have to just pick it up? Like for me, a portable generator is, you know, I'm going to move it around more than just taking it out of the garage yeah. to, to use it. I would take it to the campground. Maybe if I was doing uh, a project where, you know, I needed to run some power tools and didn't have electric hooked up yet. So I might use it as a job site sort sure. of power supply as well. So there's all you, you got to think about how you're going to use it. Is it just going to be in the garage and then out onto the driveway when you need it? Or uh, are you really going to need to load it into the back of a truck? 
Ooh, yeah, a lot of them are pretty darn heavy, so yes. it's not going to happen without at least two people lifting it up. All right, so there's some major uh, issues that you need to look at when you're going to buy a portable generator. Uh, we'll probably follow up with some more information you know what? down the road. Let me add one more thing to Oh, that. okay. Here's the, here's the generator that most people buy. All right. It's the only one they yeah. have when the power's out. <laughs> right. Right. So plan ahead. Yeah, plan ahead. If if you know you you know, if you're in an area where you have uh lots of power outages, then plan ahead and get one We're gonna before need to get you need one. it. I'm gonna have to do it one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we have for this week. Check out your local uh generators at your true value and check with them. They they and may have some more tips for you on how uh, to decide. Absolutely. And and thanks to True Value for sponsoring uh what do we do about eight or ten shows this uh uh, this year and uh, so thank you True Value for that and we look forward to working with you again in the future and hope we hope that all our listeners have a great 2011 if you're already or 2012 we're already I'm already a right. year behind so right. <laughs> 2012 and uh, we'll be back uh, right after the first of the year alright thanks everyone bye. bye the handy guys will be back next week same handy time same handy website <laughs>